in response to the novel coronavirus in Wuhan, we are releasing a special podcast mini-series. These episodes are designed to keep you apprised of the situation by providing you with a commentary from experts in the field. Subscribe now to be notified anytime new episodes of Mayo Clinic Talks podcasts become available. So we'll talk a little bit about the novel coronavirus coming out of, coming out of China. Um, and most of you did not hear about this until last week. Um, it really emerged, seemed to have emerged from Wuhan, uh, which is a population of about 11 million, think, think London, uh, in late uh, December 2019, and severe respiratory illness in least of those that, that were found. And those of us who were around in 2003 are thinking about SARS, right? And SARS, coming out of the uh, Guangdong province in China, ended up sickening about 8,000 people, a little more than that, uh, killing close to 800. Huge outbreak, uh, actually, in, ended up in, uh, in Toronto. Um, and so it hit pretty close to home. Thankfully, the source, the civet cat, basically, was taken out of the markets um, of, of, uh, of the Guangdong province, and basically the source was stopped. And after we isolated people who were infected, we were able to stop the outbreak, and we haven't seen a single case of SARS since. Um, in 2012, MERS, Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, came up. This is another novel coronavirus, uh, actually coming derived from camels, um, and is still ongoing infections in the Middle East. There was a large epidemic that came to Samsung Hospital in, in South Korea. Uh, many people died, um, many were infected, um, and it was one of those things. It was a single super spreader event that caused subsequent infection you know, far away from the original source, and over 800 people have died from that. So there's a lot of people looking at the numbers, right? That if you look day one, my goodness, oh, there's 100. Day two, what, what, what just happened? There's you know, 500. So, and now we're beyond 2,000. So it's important to take this with a grain of salt. We do not completely understand the epidemiology of this. When you have a new infection and you suddenly have a new diagnostic, uh, you're now able to test. And so what you're testing is not necessarily new infections. These could be newly diagnosed infections, so people who were sick earlier. Um, and so you know, the, the numbers that you're seeing may not actually represent sort of the actual epidemiology of the new infections until, the, until that all sort of the, the dust starts to settle. Also looking at the numbers, got to remember that there's only one lab in China that's running these tests. It's a state, state health lab. Um, and they have only a limited amount of capacity to do so. And so if what they're presented with is a lot of people with symptoms, who do we need to test? So they're focusing their testing on hospitalized patients, right? That's those are people who are going to be benefits most from knowing those. So they've somebody who has died already. They're going to that's that's on the back burner. Healthy, otherwise healthy people, subacute illness, contacts of somebody who's been sick, those are on the back burner too. So the epidemiology, if you look at it right now, is going to skew towards hospitalized patients, make it look far more severe than probably it is when you actually look at the real data. And actually, I was um, encouraged when I saw the number of deaths increasing. Why? Because that meant that the number of hospitalizations was, it was a now uh, decreased to the point they were able to run 
the PCR on the patients who have died. Once we get a, a large number of subacute or uh, completely un, uh, asymptomatic contacts, then we'll know that, the, that they're actually able to keep up. Um, and that actually would be a very good sign. And so understanding that caveat, the numbers are going to scare you until you understand what, what, it's, what it's about. Um, when you look at the numbers, it's also important to know, well, who is dying? You know, in SARS, we had young, healthy people dying. It looks like most of the deaths are in an, uh, older people with medical comorbidities so far. So it's not like SARS, not like MERS. Uh, both coronaviruses, novel coronaviruses, but um, you know, young, healthy people, as, as of now, does not look like they're just dying left and right. Um, <clears throat> how does this spread? It looks like primarily it's droplets, um, but there could be some aerosols. And so in terms of uh, infection prevention control, if you're seeing a patient with this, and I'll talk about this in a little bit, uh, the preferred uh, PPE, is an N95 mask, a face shield to cover your eyes, and then a gown, um, and ideally in a, uh, a negative air room. Um, do we know the source yet? We think a lot of this came from some of the wet markets in, in Wuhan. Um, and what is a wet market? So a lot of live animals there, sometimes exotic live animals that are apparently delicious. Um, Enough so, this is not, I mean, this is not the only time we've seen this, right? We had the civet cats during 2003 uh, uh, SARS. Um, and so some thoughts about, well, maybe this is a, 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 a snake coronavirus. We don't know yet, but this is clearly a zoonosis. It's seemed to have stemmed from, um, from the wet markets in, uh, um, in, in, in Wuhan. Uh, but there's clear secondary infections human-to-human -human transmission. Now, the efficiency of the human-to-human -human transmission is what's going to make the difference between a, an outbreak that in one year you say, well, why did Pratish talk about this, versus ongoing transmission. So the efficiency of the human-to-human -human transmission. We've certainly seen secondary cases in humans. In fact, there's more secondary cases than people who've actually been to the wet markets in, in, in Wuhan. Um, tertiary cases, quaternary cases, now we're starting to peter out. Um, right now in the United States, we've had five cases. I haven't checked my email today. Maybe it's more. Um, five cases in the United States. So far, no secondary transmissions. And so um, these are, this, is, this is a thing that I am paying most attention to. What is the efficiency of this human-to-human -human transmission? Because that's going to say what's going to happen with this outbreak. So if you see a patient, you recently came from Wuhan um, with febrile respiratory illness, first of all, that should be influenza, um, or they've been in contact with somebody who's part of that outbreak uh, as a secondary case. Um, first of all, within your ERs, within your outpatient clinics, everyone needs to focus on febrile respiratory illness. Don't start screening for where have you traveled, things like that first. The first thing is febrile respiratory illness. Because once you see somebody who is coughing, no matter what time of year, no matter what epidemic is going on, whether it's measles or pertussis or TB or influenza, a common cold or a novel coronavirus, you can get them into a room quickly, you can put a mask on them, prevent transmission to everyone else, and then once they're in with the provider, ask about travel. Um, I, I, I stress this, I remember um, during the height of our Ebola epidemic, um, we had screening for Ebola, and that was our first MERS rule out. 
that patient was in our hospital for two days uh, because we were screening for Ebola. And like, well, checkbox, no. Um, but it turns out, so it's really important that we start with febrile respiratory illness, putting people in isolation, and then asking about travel afterwards. So once you find this, contact infection prevention and control. That's going to be like, whatever facility you have. If you don't have infection prevention and control within, within your area, call local public health, call your state public health, um, and they will give you guidance. Uh, but those are the first people you should contact. They should tell you what, what to do and, and how to do testing. Most of these patients are not going to be hospitalized, don't need to be hospitalized, and they can be do, done as an outpatient provider. They can uh, seclude themselves within their homes. So will this be a pandemic? I doubt it. Um, and you know, ho hopefully I'm, I'm not wrong. Um, the amount of human-to-human -human transmission is low. And so um, you know, it's not like influenza which you know, within a week of the first case in Mexico, it was all over the world. You know, this has been going on for a month, actually. And we're only seeing slow trickles. Um, what about the closing of, of Wuhan? Most of you have heard by now that basically the city of 11 million people has been cut off. And then other cities nearby, no trains, no planes. Like you, you can't get out. Um, and I th my hope is that this is able to contain the outbreak. But then we'll run into other issues. Um, during 2009, people were talking about closing the border with Mexico. When, of course, by then it was all over. Uh, but that was what we didn't think through at the time, and thankfully it didn't happen. Was you know, all of our ventilatory circuits come from Mexico, and so you would have the virus and not be able to intubate, and not be able to actually mechanically ventilate anybody. And so we have no idea what kinds of medical uh, supplies are actually based out of Wuhan, either directly or as uh, making the, the, the primary product. So we may find out in four weeks that the propellant in albuterol is made in Wuhan, and suddenly we can't treat our asthmatics. And so the supply chain vulnerability issues of this is, is something we're not going to realize for a while. Um, and it, it may be painful. We didn't realize that all of our IV fluids are coming from Puerto Rico until a hurricane hit. So I'm hopeful that, that closing Basically, closing Wuhan, closing these cities is going to be helpful. Um, we, it may be more painful in the end, but we just don't know it. Um, and the final thing I talk about is whether this is truly a, a, you know, an issue of international concern. WHO, uh, WHO meant last, last week, they said no, not yet, in part because of the efforts that China is doing to contain it and because of the lack of secondary uh, transmission. Um, I appreciate your attention. Thank you, guys.